Welcome to The Kindness Project, the podcast designed to share stories of kindness and share how kindness can make positive change in our world, one small act at a time. This episode was recorded live on Facebook. In this week's episode of The Kindness Project, we talk about sleep, chocolate, and we have part two of our interview with Abby Barnby from Yorkshire Air Ambulance. Hello and welcome to another action-packed, hopefully, episode of The Kindness Project. Um, I'm joined by a girl who apparently can't get no sleep. It's Charlotte Dames. How are you doing, Charlotte? Uh, I'm good. I'm okay. How are you? Uh... I'm doing all right. I'm doing all right. Now, this is a weird version of The Kindness Project because even though we've been doing it um, remotely whilst you've been studying up in Glasgow, this is the first live we've done um, uh, uh, with us apart. The last live we did was um, during lockdown, wasn't it? Yeah, we used to do them all the time. We did. We did. We absolutely did. Tell me what's going on in your life. Uh, I am at uni. <laughs> no, I know, I know where you are. Tell us, tell the audience, particularly the audience uh, of uh, podcast viewers that didn't know you were at uni, the ones that normally watch the lives, what have you been up to? I have been, well, I've been, um, you know, plodding along, working on my stuff. Um, I am currently taking uh, a weekend chill because I've just finished all of my first set of assignments. You're a student of your life's chill, wasn't it? No, it's mostly reading. A oh, lot right, of okay. reading. A lot of reading. Um, and so back starting back up Monday, it'll be starting on the next set. Um, because I've got deadlines coming up again. Um Is got... um is is one of your reading lists the uh Kindness Project by Chris Dames? No. Big plug. What? No, it's not. Why why is the Kindness Project by Chris Dames, cheap plug, not on your reading list? Uh, because one, it's brand new, um, and it two, brand new, but brand new, Charlotte, but just in time for Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> and I do, I was told this morning, and I do Christmas present, apparently. Well, who told you that? What, why, why the sarcasm when you say that? <laughs> My cousin Louise, we are related, and she is amazing, um, said that the Kindness Project might make an ideal Christmas present for her friends. That's what she said. No, because she's mentioned she made... it. Huh? No, because she's mentioned in it. She's mentioned in it, but I made the schoolboy error of, um, despite us reaching out to most people who are mentioned in it, I made the schoolboy error of only telling them this morning. Should have probably told her a little bit sooner than that, right? Yeah, definitely. Didn't you reach out to like loads of people who were who were in it? Don't tell Louise that. Shush. <laughs> I've done it there. I've done it there. She's in it. Right. The other thing that I want to <laughs> the other thing you got, what this is like. Ross is recording this for pros, uh, posterity. Pos, no prosperity. Um, <laughs> and prosperity. I almost said prosperity. We'll try and get try to get to the bottom of that one, Charlotte. Um, uh, what? <laughs> what? Um, what are you? Re- what is the most fascinating book you're reading at the minute that you're absolutely loving? Look, I'm not reading a lot of books at the minute. A lot of articles I'm reading. Um, like I read one about uh the creation of the British lottery. Um, but also how like it was like oh the lottery is bad because gambling but then they were like here's how we mix lottery and art and made it like a middle class activity and it was great well, how did they mix lottery and art and make well, it middle, middle okay, class activity so basically they did this thing where they had like these art uh, groups I can't remember the specific name for them and they had them sort of all over like major cities had their versions and people would pay an entry fee to sort of be part of this club but that entry fee would sort of enter them into a draw and if they won at the end of the year they would get a lot an art piece okay um but then also like so an art lottery 
Yeah, but then I've never they, heard of that. If they didn't win, they got their name in, inscribed on a plaque anyway. So like, a even if, so, win or lose, they had like you know something they were getting. Amazing. What would you prefer, a piece of art or your name on a plaque? Neither. I don't know what I'd do with either. <laughs> you know, do, like, you, do you get to keep the plaque? Where does the plaque I don't get know. stored? It doesn't specify. You know. Um. Like, you know. Uh, I, I, I don't know whether a plaque is something that I'd want. I mean, I don't know. It's something. I mean, it depends on the art. So, so the first unofficial question of the podcast, if if you were in an art lottery, what would be the piece of art that you'd love to have <laughs> and the piece of art you definitely wouldn't want? Go, Charlotte. Art I'd love to have... Um... I don't know something, something like with questionable meaning, like it's uncertain. It's like colours and shapes and. Um, so modern art that's a little vague, yeah. yeah Give me an example. Like, maybe something like modern or postmodern, um, something that's just shapes and colours. Shapes and colours. Um, just... I wouldn't want the Mona Lisa. Oh, overrated. Yeah, we definitely. know, we know, we know, and again, this might be a unpopular opinion, uh, podcast viewers and listeners, but um, we believe the Mona Lisa, in our personal opinion, having seen it in the Louvre, is the most overrated piece of art in the world. I was expecting it to be bigger. Yeah, I was expecting it to be better. <laughs> I was, I was expecting it to be good, but it's not. Um, now. Now, can we can we say just very quickly, Mike Grist is watching. My mate Mike, thanks for joining us on the Kindness Project Live. Um, I was talking to him the other day, Charlotte, and I was mentioning your love for biscuit tea and um, his comment. And if you are watching live, feel free to comment because we love your comments. We want your answers to questions of the podcast. We want you to get involved and engage. We also want you to buy the book, available uh, later this month. Um, have I mentioned the book enough, Charlotte, or not? I think you're pushing it a bit on too much. It <laughs> um, more sporadic, more random. I'm just, I'm just doing it like, subliminally, like that. Um, uh, what I did tell him is your love for biscuit tea and the fact that you um, uh, asked your mum... To I didn't ask her to send them. Right, you tell the story then. You tell the story. I asked her where she got them. She told me. And I was like, I don't know if there's one of those nearby. It's fine. Um, and then she was like, I'll send you some. And I'm like, you don't have to. And she was like, I'll send you some. And, so and just, then you, you came into it and you were like, we're not sending you any tea. And I was like, yeah. Just, just for the benefit of our... Just for the benefit of our listeners, just, just out of interest, where could you get the tea? Sainsbury's. Sainsbury's. You're in Glasgow. You're not, in, you're not on Mars, are you? There's clearly, I mean, and you've got access to this thing called Google, there's clearly a way that you could find out whether there was a local Sainsbury's for this tea. Yeah, but it's, uh, it's not worth it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't love mums, it enough for that. <laughs> Mums, mums, oh, enough of that now. Enough of that, yeah. But no, mums, no, I don't love it enough for that. Oh, right, okay, okay. You like it. You like it enough so that if your mum sent you a tea bag, that'd be all right. <laughs> um, but not enough to go to the shop. <laughs> I've got loads of tea. I don't need. <laughs> I've brought loads of tea with me. I don't need it. Can I, can I, I mean, look, I, I get where. Uh, my wife, Gatsy, and Char Charlotte's mum is coming from. She wants to make sure you looked after. But can I just talk about one of the bad habits she's got? And that bad habit, she's going to watch this, and I'm going to, I'm not going to, I'm not going to come she out there? this. She's not there. She's, uh, she's out collecting Sophie. Oh, yeah one, yeah. one of, one of, one of her interesting habits, let's not call it bad, interesting, Wanting to start Christmas uh, now. So, first question of the podcast is, 
when is the right time to start Christmas? Now, the problem I've got, right, and this happened uh, yesterday when I came home. So I was, I, was at a, I was at an event yesterday afternoon, came home and um, said, all right, okay, uh, like to, uh, what, what's been happening? I've been shopping. There's loads of stuff in the kitchen. Wandered out in the kitchen and um, one of my favourite Pigs and blankets. No, not pigs and blankets yet. Not oh. pigs and blankets yet. My my favourite um, confection, Stollen. Stollen. Oh, you can't beat a bit of yeah. Stollen, can I you? I almost bought some the other day and I was like, I can't do it. I can't. Now, now I've taken a piece of Stollen. I've had, I actually had a, I've had a couple today. I had a piece <laughs> of Stollen. And she went, uh, Casey went, um, has Christmas started? Um, because... You're clearly eating Stalin, and Stalin's a Christmas thing. So, well, it's not really, it's more German. Um, <laughs> so, um, I'm. Christmas German. <laughs> oh, different, different. Stalin's German. So, then she said to me, Are you denying Christmas has started? And I just used the word, No. <laughs> <I>, um... <laughs> Sorry, do you. What, you're not king of my German accent? Or what? No, I'm really not king. So, <laughs> so when is the right time for Christmas to start, do you reckon, Charlotte? I mean, it hasn't started. Oh, actually, there are a couple of places that have got Christmas stuff up. Um, but I haven't got any Christmas stuff up. When when should we? When should Christmas kick in, do you reckon? Um, the 27th of November. Twenty seventh of November. So, yeah. as everybody should celebrate Christmas just before, uh, just before um, Sophie's birthday. Is that right? Because she likes it. Everybody in the world should go by what the Dames family do. But Soph likes it, so that's um, that's why we should do it. <laughs> <laughs> Right. Okay. Now you can broadcast that to everybody who listens. Oh, we've got fifty thousand listeners on the Kindness Project tuning in. Like, what what is going on with you turning around and going? You've turned into a bit of a Christmas dictator, like Christmas Mussolini. You right? asked. You asked the question, and I gave you my opinion and my answer. It is Fair not enough. a set of guidelines. It is just. There is, there is. First of December is my rigid uh, dictatorship style Christmas start. And, it, um, and if your if your youngest daughter wants the tree up for her birthday, nine. <laughs> um, what? <laughs> what? <laughs> I, I won't. I won't do the German accent anymore. Um, uh, anyway. Few things that I want to share on the because uh, uh, we're doing this special live broadcast because um, I don't know if I mentioned what what's happening that's like later in the month. Should we time for the book? The book's coming out. When's the date, Russ? Seventeenth of November. I was too busy producing the podcast, but it'll, it'll tell me in a minute. It's later in November that the book is coming out. You can pre-order on Amazon now, and I'm sure Raz, because he's super efficient, is going to put a link on the uh, on the live if you'd like to pre-order the book. Now, I've had a couple of people come back to me and say uh, pre-orders are only letting me. 17th is the date. Thank you, Raz. Uh, super efficient as, uh, as usual. Seventeenth um, November is about the book. I've had a couple of people come back to me who to say they want paper versions of the book. They don't want to buy the Kindle version. Uh, so that that date is the seventeenth that you can order that. You can't pre-order the paper version of the book, but what you can do is to go on www.thekindnessproject.co.uk, um, click book. Um, give us your email address and then we'll give you a update uh, as soon as the book comes out. But as we're doing this live special, basically because we haven't spoken all week and I just wanted to chat and I thought it'd be a good good way to do it on the podcast. But also, because the book's coming out, I've got a few questions of the, of the podcast that I'd like our uh, viewers and listeners to answer. So podcast question number one. What's the most insightful book you've ever read? Podcast question number two. 
what's the most entertaining book uh, you've ever read? Can I disown podcast question number three immediately? Is this the one about drafts? Yeah. This is Russell. This is producer Russ's um, question. Um, and I don't know. <laughs> now, the problem is, Charlotte, every time we ask a ridiculous question on the Kindness Project, and one of us think that that's the silliest question ever, we always get loads of responses. So I might be wrong on me. It's, Ryan's might be right, but let's give it a go anyway. What's your favourite book containing a giraffe? I don't actually know if I know any books containing a giraffe. No, we'll, 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 we'll get to that one. And then your question of the podcast, do you want to share that? I don't remember what it was. What's the best thing that lives in water? Oh, um... Sea angels, or are they called angelfish. I think they're called um, sea angels. Um, I just want to give you a bit of note, Charlotte. Um, I've also had some lobbying this week, uh, and I thought we'd, um, I thought we'd consigned it to the waste paper basket forever. But apparently, there is a bit of a fan club for Charlotte's joke of the week. Charlotte's joke of the week. You remember that when we did it on the yeah, lights? I love doing that. Appar <laughs> apparently. <laughs> Apparently, I, I didn't realise Charlotte's joke of the week is actually. Who's been for Charlotte's joke of the week back? Um, Curry Club. My 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 little bunch of mates said to me. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I I forgot to mention it pre like on our pre -pod podcast preparation, but let me ask you now: Would you in this live version of the podcast? Cast, um, uh, like to bring Charlotte's joke of the week back. Give me five minutes. She's googling now. Halfway <laughs> through the podcast, she's trying to find a good joke of the week. Can't if you? you'd have given me prep time, I would already have one, but unfortunately, you didn't. <laughs> okay, so I'll um, I'll, whilst you're whilst you're googling halfway through a podcast recording, what the joke uh, of the week. Is I'm gonna share um, I'm gonna share Mike's answers to his question of the podcast. Um, it, the most in, uh, influential book uh, he's ever read is Clark Carlyle. Uh, you don't know me. Now, interestingly, yesterday um, I had an amazing interview um, with a guy, and he's. Um, his interview is going to be coming up in the um, in the next couple of weeks. Now, this was with a guy um, called Douglas Samuel, and Douglas Samuel um, uh, works for a football club um, up in Edinburgh called the Spartans. Um, he's just been awarded an MBA uh, because, effectively, when all the football was shut down during the pandemic, he turned the um, uh, football club into effectively a community hub designed to support the local community and made sure that throughout the pandemic 8,000 people in his local community who was uh, who had food uh, poverty got fed um, so amazing guy um, football coach for you know 20 25 years uh, and we were just talking about sort of life in general uh, how coaching has helped him live his life um, and fantastically insightful. Do you, do you think there's a lot we can learn about life from sport, Charlotte? Yeah, I think there's a lot of stuff. There's a lot of lessons that sort of um, can come from different places. And I think sport is definitely a place that can sort of, like you can see the, the effect and value of teamwork through sport and sort of the effect and value of community through things like that. Um, yeah. Yeah. And that games. Yes. Oh, go on. Well, you know what? That was that was amazing because sport. You were you were I'm, a bit long committed. Well, games. Talk to I'm me about what we can do games. I don't know a lot about sport, and I don't know a lot about sporting communities. Um, so you asked the question, I was like, "There's something that can be gleaned from sport, probably." Um, <laughs> But you know a lot more about games, right? So yeah, tell me like, about tell me about what you think uh, you can learn from playing games. 
Well, okay, one, there's the sense of community that comes from sort of uh, a shared love of a specific story or narrative or, you know, um, it depends on what kind of games you're talking about, definitely. If you're talking, like, online games, there's obviously, you know, um, team-based games that sort of allow for interaction with other people. There's also yeah. the community that comes with it. Um, yeah. and like you, 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 you are a bit of a fan of Dungeons & Dragons, aren't you? Yeah, That's your yeah. Choice, yeah. Um, my favourite part of Dungeons & Dragons is the fact that, as I like to say, it's a game of collaborative storytelling. So yes. it's all of you working together to tell one story um, and anything can happen because it's all based off the roll of a dice, but then you still get to be these people and um, and you tell this story together as a group rather than sort of as one person telling a story. And I, I write a lot of stories, but there's nothing as fun as being able to tell a story with other people. Do you, I mean, I love that, but do you think the act of randomness adds something to the experience? Yes, because definitely. I'll tell you why. Yeah. I was having this conversation. There's, there's an amazing book, um, probably one of the most, quite dark, but one of the most entertaining books I've ever read. And I haven't read it for a while, but um, uh, it, it's called The Dice Man by Luke yeah. Reinhardt. I don't know we've spoken about it on the podcast before. And effectively, it's about a um, psychotherapist or psychologist who um, decides to um, live his life by the roll of a dice. So yeah. he turns around and goes, right, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make all my decisions uh, on the roll of, uh, of a dice. Now, I've spoken to you about this in the past and um, said uh, that'd be an interesting experiment to travel by. Do you know what I mean? Just imagine turning up at the airport, picking six places to go, not knowing where you're going to go and just basically rolling your dice and see, seeing what happens. Is that a no, Charlotte? Is that uh, not is that not our next trip, Charlotte? Where, well, I'll tell you what, we'll we'll pick the places we're going to have on that first dice roll now. I'll go first. Botswana, where are you going to pick? Um... Are we talking countries or like cities? Wherever you want. I'd like to go back to Copenhagen. Oh, why would you like to go back to Copenhagen? I just like every time we've been there, I feel like we've only been there for a short amount of time. We just like we sort of keep passing through Copenhagen, um, and we've we've yeah. done some Copenhagen, but like. Well, I mean, the, the challenge we've got is we're always on our way to do... I mean, Copenhagen was amazing the last time we went because yeah. the, the um, Tour de France was there. Um, uh, but, yes, Copenhagen. So we've got Botswana, Copenhagen, right? Next one, Stoke. <laughs> I wanna... We're going to fly to Stoke. Fly... <laughs> Just imagine turning up at Heathrow and going, right, we're going to off, we're off to one of the places is stuck. No, I found one stuck. What's your next one? <laughs> um, where's somewhere that we'd be called to go? Um, Berlin? Berlin? Berlin would be cool. I haven't been to Berlin. Yeah, we we skirted around Berlin oh, as our. Did you like Munich? I mean, we haven't been. To, I mean, we've been to Frankfurt, but not really. I mean, we saw the the hotel and another train, and that was it. But yeah, Berlin is very cool. I like Berlin. Uh, so how many have we got? We've got four. So we've got. Um, I mean, there are a whole range of dice out there, Dad. You can go as high as twenty. So. How, uh, so are you thinking about using like a Dungeons and Dragons style dice? Like a like a you know D twenty polyhedral like. Yeah. You start at four, and then you go six, eight, ten, twelve, twenty, and so like possibilities become higher and higher and more. Exactly, we could put twenty. I mean, I, I think six is fine. Now, it, this is the interesting thing. So, uh, Mike, who's who's still watching, uh, great to see you, Mike, is um, saying that next time we go for a beer. He's gonna um he's gonna make sure he brings his dice um for the for the next trip we have down the Bermondsey beer mile. But here's the interesting thing, Mike, uh as you're watching, 
I was out um, with another um, another bunch of mates the other day, and they did a dice man pub crawl, where basically they turned up at a pub, threw a dice, and said, "Right, we need to get on the tube and now go there and find the find the nearest pub." So they picked six places. Now I don't know Charlotte whether any of those pubs were actually in Stoke. Um, they were probably around London, but we are now up to four. So we've got what was my first one? My first one, Copenhagen, Stoke, and Berlin. Berlin. My next one, Reykjavik. What's yours? Wherever we can find the nearest espresso house. <laughs> now, now, this is the thing. That the espresso houses are a... And if you've never been to Scandinavia, you've it's it's the Scandinavian ver- espresso house is the Scandinavian version of Starbucks, isn't it? You won't find a Starbucks or a Costa. We never did. Like I never saw one when we were over there. Um, this is turned into this is turned into travel man with Chris and Charlotte, isn't it? Just us talking about our trip around Europe, um, right? So, uh, we've got a few more watchers live on the uh, on the Facebook community. Thank you for joining us. For, does that mean it's time for joke of the week? No, it's not. It's <laughs> never time for joke of the week. I'm only bringing it back because it's been demanded by the community. Um, <laughs> Thank uh, you for your demands. <laughs> and I'm bringing it back once, and then it's gone forever. All right. <laughs> What you can't see now, listeners, because the camera's on me and Charlotte's not making any noise, is her making a sad face. Do you want to charge that sad face whilst making a noise? Ah! What was was the noise? Well, I can't make noise. Ah! I can't make noise while my face is like that, so I had to make a loud noise to keep the camera on me. Fair enough. Fair enough. All right, cool. Do you want to show your sad face again with a noise? <laughs> <laughs> that looks more worried, to be honest. Fair right, so just as a little reminder, here are our questions of the podcast. What's the most insightful book you've ever read? What's the most entertaining book you've ever read? <laughs> Can you do this one? <laughs> um, what's your favourite book containing a giraffe? I mean, if you've, it, I mean, I, I will send you a free copy of the no, kind of book. Don't say that because someone's going to. Lots of people are going to. Oh my god! I, if you can pick a really the best person, probably the only person who says a book containing a giraffe, you get a free copy of the kind of project book. That's that. That's what I'm going for on that okay and then what is the best thing that lives in water and i think jellyfish no go on tell me i think they're called sea angels yeah sea angels um and they're these little slugs uh and they have like clear transparent bodies and you can see all their internal organs and they glow as they move it's so how are you spelling that what is it what is a uh, sea angle. Sea angel. Sea angel. <laughs> okay, sea angel. Okay, I'm going to Google sea angel. Yeah, they're really pretty. Are they? Yeah. Where, do, where, what, where are they in the world? Geographically, where would you find a sea angel? They live in deep, the deepest parts of the ocean in the dark. And they now, Mike, Mike has just Googled books about giraffes and put, put a giraffe-based book. I owe him a free copy of the book. <laughs> <laughs> that that copy is yours, Mr. Christie. You're, 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 you are definitely getting one unless, of those. Unless someone else comments a giraffe book, of course. Yeah, like, yeah maybe. maybe. To... So, sea angels are the best thing um, best thing in the water. Uh, and we'll wait for your um, your comments to come through on the on that particular question. Um, a few other things that I just wanted to talk about. Did I did I mention the book? This week we have part two of our interview with Abby Barnby from Yorkshire Air Ambulance. 
tell us about uh, the amazing work that the Yorkshire Air Ambulance does. Yeah, so um, a lot of people probably be aware about air ambulances, you know, in the UK, in Scotland and Wales, and, and Ireland have got one as well. And we actually were, so the first air ambulance that came to fruition was in Cornwall, I think it was about 1986, uh, around about that time. And then each county kind of followed in suit. Um, kind of ironically unbelievably Yorkshire being one of the largest counties in the UK was pretty much one of the last counties okay. to get an air ambulance so we arrived in 2000 um, so we are 22, we're literally 22 next week on the 25th of October so um, really recently then like yeah. Sort of, yeah yeah yeah, so two, 2020 was our 20th anniversary, but we couldn't celebrate it till May this year because of lockdown. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, we've been going 22 years now, and the service has evolved massively since they first started um, from kind of being a you know, air ambulances in general, um, but speaking from experience from our ones, from, from being an original service that was kind of almost like a a glorified fast ambulance um, where the crews would go out, bit of, you know, quick bit of medical intervention package. It was all about the golden hour. It was about getting the patient to the hospital, to the within, hospital within that yeah. hour. Fast forward 25, 30 years later, it's totally changed. And what our people, our crews are doing is unbelievable these days. Yeah. And the impact that they are having on people's chances of survivals um, and, and, and treatment outcomes is unbelievable. We're, we're pretty much taking the A&E to the scene of the accident. Because, of the, because, of, because of the fact that you've got really well-trained medical professionals. Yeah, so we've got really, really super skilled um, paramedics and we also fly with um, doctors, consultant-level doctors. Um, each air ambulance is modelled slightly differently, so I can only really comment on the way Yorkshire works. Yeah. Um, so we have critical care paramedics and um, consultant doctors flying on one of our aircraft but it's just the the level and the skills that and the skill sets that, that they have and yeah. um, you know they can perform surgical procedures at the roadside um, and that's where it, it's all changing so it's not about getting the ho the patient to the hospital in the quickest possible time now it's about getting the treatment to them gotcha. quicker gotcha. and that's off you know they can do blood transfusions on site they can even yeah. crack the chest open and, and yeah. do some phenomenal and, and as you say that first hour of, of of treatment is the one that has the huge amount of impact and if you're even if you're sort of um uh, even if the journey to the hospital was half an hour by a helicopter yeah. you're still in a position where having that that you know um proactive treatment on site is yeah. really important right if it, it tries, is. You know. yeah absolutely and you know the, the the drugs that they can administer um in some cases are more advanced than what sometimes the land ambulances can do and um even just the the, the journey like we fly about two miles a minute so yeah. if uh it's going to take uh 25 minutes or 30 minutes to, to drive to a hospital, we can do that in 10 to 15 minutes yeah, because yeah. We, we fly as the, the crow flies. flies. Yeah, um, yeah. And we're also not got traffic to deal with and undulating roads and twists and turns. Um, so that kind of comes in. And kind of where we're coming to our own is um, rural and remote locations as well. well that, that's what surprised me about how recent the Yorkshire mm -hmm. ambulance has been established because you assume in these areas where they there's you know, mountain yeah. ranges and lights. Yeah, I mean, like we've got it. Sort of... Yeah, we've got it all up here. We've got yeah. you know major towns and cities like we've got Leeds and Bradford and York yeah. and and yeah. you know some some massive cities. You know some of the busiest net motorway networks in the UK. You know we've got the M62 runs one side yeah. to the other, the M1, the A1. Um, also then the, we've got the dales you yeah, know we've got yeah, up the three peaks up in the dales massive yeah. we get a massive tourist swell um in the kind of summer months and in in the school holidays um you know yorkshire's certainly been really fashionable um over you know loads of tv programs you know we've got one of our own um the yorkshire vet you know there's so many and, and you know what as well i'd imagine i mean particularly i mean i'm i'm 
we as a family we're guilty of this um abby like we like you jump on a plane to to another country mm-hmm. and then you know during lockdown it's like oh we can't do that anymore and yeah one of the people did the pizza and likes for yeah. like, a couple like, of well, weeks the go, same. like for us yeah. we go down the way you guys come up and we come down exactly um, yeah, so, yeah you know we went to cornwall and and oh, um, dorset in the last year and you know places i'm the same we we live 40 minutes from Manchester Airport or 25 minutes from Leeds Bradford Airport. It's, it's easy to drive and jump on a plane and go abroad yeah. than to get in a car and it was about seven hours to drive to I Cornwall. Know. I mean, come, what come an amazing we, place. Come we, if you get the weather, my friend's got glazed down there a bit, mm-hmm. um, just by Perrin Paul's Golf Club. Yeah. Uh, and um, it was funny because we, he, during 2021, when we didn't travel abroad, we went to his place for a week, and it was a bit scary because I had a nine-year-old at the time who loves art and creativity, mm. and he just bought a holiday home with the whitest walls I've ever seen in my <laughs> life. I'm going, this could go wrong really quickly. Yeah. Um, and um, the weird thing is, it's, it was on the golf club, so like I'm sort of getting up in the morning ready to sort of get ready just in my shorts mm. and T-shirt, and open the window, and there's a guy teeing off just outside the flat I was like this is strange I mean I suppose one of the things about the uh, and I've had this conversation funny enough last week with somebody who's coming on the podcast fairly soon particularly when it comes to ambulances and sort of um, charities linked to the NHS Mm. part of the confusion I find is that people just don't know where the line is between charity and NHS. Help me understand how that works for you guys. So in Yorkshire, um, we um, work um, through um, a partnership with Yorkshire Ambulance Service. So our paramedics and our doctors are seconded to us through them. So that's the support we get. But we fund everything else. So the pilots are employed directly by the charity. The charity funds the helicopters, um, everything. But the kind of the, the medical element in the clinical governments is is overseen by the ambulance service through their. So that's, that is funded by the NHS, but everything yeah. else that comes so with it. So basically, the ambulance Yorkshire Ambulance Service pay the wages of yeah. of the, but then they come to us in a secondment. So it's upskilling the ambulance services staff, and they come for us. We have some that are full time because you need that stability within the crew. Yeah. But some uh, crew come through on a, a three year secondment, but they're they're gaining skills the whole time that they're here and then when they're released back in so yeah. it, it's it better in the service so that's how the model works in yorkshire yeah um uh, but i know it works slightly differently um elsewhere um either some i know i think i know one air ambulance that employ everybody directly under the charity umbrella yeah. um and it, it is like i say it's it's all it different but that's how we and, work and we have always worked like that and and there, there was a bit of a wry grin when i said about that challenge because i get the impression that that's a question you've got to answer quite a lot, right? Yeah, I'm going to say it's basically it's probably one of our biggest marketing messages and something that um, we we talk about daily, numerous times a day. Um, it's funny when you know when you you're out and about whether you're out with work or whether it's a personal thing and you get chatting to somebody. Where do you work? I work for the Yorkshire Ambulance. Oh, and I, oh, not the glamorous side of things. I said, I'm not a pilot or a paramedic. I work for the charity. <laughs> oh, how does that work then? And so, well, you know, we, we fundraise and we've got to raise a lot of money. And oh, I thought you were part of the NHS, or I thought you got this. And then, so then, it, it's always a good con- conversation starter. Um, yes. but I've literally spent the last fourteen years basically edu- one of our educating. Basically, educating people that we are an independent charity. We don't get any direct government funding. Like we're a bit like hospices in that that aspect. They don't yeah. receive direct government. I think. I hope I'm not speaking. I said something wrong there, but I'm sure they work similarly to us. Well, I think I think the local one to us in Francis, who uh, who works, um, who 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 we. Who we had on the podcast i think they received about 20 percent yeah it's about 80 percent. and how much money have you got raised every year to make sure that the sort of air ambulance bit, well, you've asked me a, a bit of a hot topic question here uh chris because um so up till um now our, our daily fundraising message has been twelve thousand pounds a day um but literally we were in the middle we are going to have we are reviewing that at the minute um we are a victim 
of current circumstances yeah. as everybody else does. Um, we were due to revise our costs um, at about March 2019. We were due yeah. to kind of look at having to increase them, but obviously COVID hit. Um, and it wasn't an appropriate time to then, it was a hard enough time for everybody without us saying, yeah. oh my goodness, we, we need more money each day. So we're about two increases behind now. Gotcha. Um, so yeah. there is uh, eminently going to be, have, we're having to review and, and look at, we're going to have to jump that up. Um, so that's, inter that's interesting. From your perspective, because you're mm. responsible for all the comms that comes uh, comes out of the charity, mm. how important is timing when it comes to that? Massively, absolutely massively. Yeah, and um, we we often um, we 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 think and discuss long and hard before we do do things, and yeah. um, sometimes it 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 pays to sometimes if you're not the first to shout up but not yeah. be the last to shout up at the same time and pitch it just about right. And I'd like to think we've always tried, we've maintained that balance well. Um, I think COVID and, and lockdown was a, a great one, uh, a yeah. great example. Um, I, I remember seeing some charities that came in for a, a lot of stick because they kind of went public and said, you know, we're, and, you know, everybody was the same. We were losing out in a lot of donations, you know, we yeah. No events. Uh, no events. They, literally, I think we lost about £2 million in community income one year because there was no events to go to. Um, but, you know, that's kind of what your reserves are for. And I remember a few charities going out, kind of, you know, we're, you know, we, we basically saying we've lost all this income and you need to help us raise more. And I remember seeing somebody tweet about, well, what about your so many million pounds in reserves? Yeah, um, yeah. It's things like that you have to be very, very careful about. Punch and one of the off. reasons yeah, that yeah. We, we didn't furlough our staff um, because um, the reserve, that's what reserves are there for, um, is is to... And, and we had the most fortunate year during and COVID and, um, because we had a, a huge year for legacy income that was unexpected and unplanned. Um, and that money would have come in even if COVID hadn't have hit, yeah, um, yeah. because a lot of a lot of legacy income you you don't know it's coming in until it arrives. Yeah. So by somebody was watching down on us um, that year, and unfortunately our kind of unprecedented legacy income for that year managed to prop us up and and, and gotcha. kind of see us through um so we ended up finishing the year on a pretty even keel really as gotcha. opposed to expecting a deficit or expecting to have to dip into you know we 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 kind of mapped out two or three different um scenarios, uh, scenarios you know if 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 we don't bring this in, what's going to be the impact? If this happens, what would be the impact? So, um, because we're we're very very well run, um, Chair. We don't have a chief exec like a lot of other organisations. We have a very active board of trustees that meet monthly. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, um, and then I'm one of five. Uh, one of six senior managers that kind of run do the day-to-day -day heads of department that run and, and we work with the trustee board very very closely so every month we look our accounts are looked at things are scrutinized um so one thing i can say is that we are run you know quite you know uh, leanly yeah yeah, yeah well I, I mean that's yeah. the big thing i mean I've we had, we had a conversation with a lady who uh, we've interviewed on the podcast before, but focuses on sort of philanthropy and helping mm -hmm. people make good decisions about where their estate goes in the event of the de their death, mm -hmm. and particularly for causes that mean something yeah. to them. And I think one of the one of the big things that came out of that conversation with Lauren was. Um, I think people just genuinely want to help causes they believe in, number yeah. one. Yeah. Um, but also, <clears throat> sometimes what puts people off is that feeling of waste, you know, that feeling yeah. of actually, yeah, exactly. is this going to have a positive impact? I think, yeah, what I've certainly learned over the years, because this was my first job in the charity sector, I'd never, you know, I'd come from construction and advertising, you know, in the well, private sector. background, though, I'd imagine, like, sort of like sort of the, having the commercial side. Yeah, it was. But one thing I've certainly learned over the years is um, you cannot force people in, into 
to support in a charity if they don't want to. Char sure. Charitable giving is so emotionally linked and often yeah. very emotive. Yeah. And people choose to support charities quite often because they've got a personal link mm. um, or they've got a personal reason for it. And, you know, when you, you know, we speak to a lot of our supporters and you ask them why, you know, why do you choose to support us? Oh, well, I know somebody that was picked up by you and I've seen your work firsthand and I've watched you on the TV. And uh, some people even just say, you like an insurance policy so if i have a really bad accident I'll auto, I know, <laughs> i've spoken to a few motorcyclists that say that because obviously it you know we do meet a few of them on our way you know and um they say you like an insurance policy and right. and you know me donating to you i know that if anything ever happens that that you'd be there for yeah. me yeah, so, um, that, that yeah. makes sense. Yeah. I, mean, I suppose you've got to say, look, we can't guarantee that we're going to pick you up personally, but uh, it depends on where well, you're... depending on how seriously <laughs> injured people are. But, yeah, um, yeah it is a very, you know, charitable giving is so emotionally and emotionally driven. And, and that's something that we take pride on is not being pushy in our marketing yeah. approach. It's about yeah. offering people a, a information advice or and, and giving them options and letting them make the decision about what they want to do with their own money yeah that was abby part three next week again you're not making enough noise so the, the camera's book, just the book has been mentioned quite a bit but i believe this is for the promotion of the book so well i, I mean i I'm, I'm just, I mean, I wanted to do a, I mean, as we normally do over the weekend, we do a audio version of the podcast every week, don't we? Um, um, oh, Mike says he doesn't want a free book. He definitely wants to pay. So that's good. Um, so the giraffe-based book is still available. <laughs> if you can bring the giraffe, giraffe question. Um, but here's the thing. Here's the thing. Um, we do this anyway, but normally we don't go live, do we? Because we normally uh, record it and then it goes out on uh, Spotify, on iTunes, on Google Podcasts. It goes out on all of them. Charlie, hello. Uh, welcome to the live version of the of the Kindness Project. Um, just to be clear, we've got a few questions in the podcast coming on in a minute. What's the most insightful book you've ever read? What's the most entertaining book you've ever read? I'm blaming Russell for this. What's the fa your favourite book containing a giraffe? And what's the best thing that lives in water? So please do feel free to let us know answers to all of those questions. Um, but what we don't normally do is go live. And I thought on the run-up to the book coming out, instead of us just recording it and then putting it out to our uh, uh, loyal podcast audience of um, uh, Spotify listeners and iTunes listeners and all that sort of stuff, doing a few live ones might be quite good fun, right, Charlotte? Yeah, that's why we're here. So uh, it's lighter than we usually do lives. Um, we know well when we did it during the pandemic because we did we did one every single morning during the pandemic, didn't we? I don't know or if we did weekends, but no, we did lockdown lockdown one. I think we did five days a week. In the yeah, we did five days a week. Yeah, um, but but yeah, it's a little bit lighter. But um, uh, yeah, love love the fact that there's uh, oh hello, I've just the turned the video off. Oh. There I am. There I am. Actually, I look better on that version. Should we keep that on? <laughs> um, uh, <laughs> I don't um, actually oh. have my face on my logo because I haven't changed it um, because I literally only use Zoom for this. Um, and sometimes I use it for D&D, &D, but we have we only get 30 minutes and then it kicks us out of the call. Oh, you've well, you haven't invested for your D&D &D group yeah. in a premium Zoom subscription. Well, we primarily use Discord, but oh, like okay. it was down and we had to make do. Fair enough. Week. Fair enough. Um, and then I suppose the other the other thing I wanted to um I wanted to talk about, Charlotte, is is it okay to torment family members? Because I was having this conversation a couple of weeks ago. Uh, uh and as as you know, uh this is a very um family-centric podcast because producer russ is your uncle um uh, uh you're my daughter uh, and we do have a bit of a line in <laughs> how would you describe it insults banter friendly banter friendly banter, friendly banter. 
And Cassie has said to me, for a podcast designed to showcase how kind people are, you are sometimes not very kind to your brother. But there's an understanding there that, like, actually, it's it's banter. So, so what do you think? Have I crossed the line when it comes to insulting Russ? And has he crossed the line when it comes to insulting me? I mean, hopefully, if you doubt each other's feelings, you'd tell each other you were. Um, yeah, I mean, I mean, I what I what I sometimes like to do is embarrass Russ. I mean, that is that is really entertaining. Um, and as he's not on this live version of the podcast, um, and I can just imagine him going crimson as I say this. Can I say how much I love him? And um, and I'm grateful for everything he does. Um, not only you know, you know, at work, but also on the podcast, um, and as an amazing legend of a, of a brother. But also, um, on my screen at the minute, there's a bit of dust that's hit my laptop, and it looks like the photo of us that I can see um, has got a massive bit of dirt on his head. I don't, I don't know if that adds any value at all, but but what do you think? Um, uh, uh, so... <laughs> he messaged you! <laughs> he messaged me to, to let me know what's going on in the Facebook group, not to tell me about whether he's got a bit of dirt on his head or not. Um, I'll assume that he has, though, so that's fine. <laughs> what, he's, what he's told me is that Charlie's written in and given uh, his answers to the question of the podcast, um, uh, 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 most insightful book he's ever read um, is Atomic Habits, oh, Nudge, um, and the so Cy- back, back up Monday, it'll be... Ah. Uh, hello, what's going on there? I was trying to look at the comments on the video and it was showing me the video instead. <laughs> You're meant to be good with technology, Charlotte. You're a youth contingent. What's going on? Facebook is a very different brand of technology that I do not understand and is primarily not in my wheelhouse. All right, so are you are you taking response? Are you not happy with Russell's work on the comments then? You think he's doing a rubbish job? Well, no, I was just looking at them and it was like, you, there's 10 comments. And I was like, I can only see three. Why are you only showing me three? Okay, fair enough. Well, Char- Charlie Goodman said, uh, Atomic Habits, Nudge, Psychology and Money are... Um, uh, he's the books that he loves, uh, and and I agree with him. Actually, the best and most insightful books take potentially complex subjects and put them in a way uh, that that hopefully is full of stories, easy to understand, and um, just highlights ways that we can improve our life. Like. <laughs> That wasn't subtle, was it? That was just, that wasn't subtle. Like, a book that's coming out on the 17th of November. (laughs) Right, one thing that's important... Do I get a coffee? What do you mean? (laughs) What, what, a free coffee? I'm not your mum. I'm not going to send you free tea and free books. It's available on Amazon. (laughs) Go on. I'm not your mum. Go on. What do you want to do? (laughs) The answer is... I, I will I will certainly sign you a copy. <laughs> but as an independent adult now, you can afford your own books. Um and yeah. and I will um <laughs> I, I will I will make <laughs> I will make sure that you get um a discount of twenty seven <laughs> On your copy of the book. Oh, fun! <laughs> I'll make sure you do. You do get a copy, Charlotte. Yes, fifteen pounds for you. Retail price thirty ninety nine. Um, can I just say we've got a few more uh, 
viewers uh, on the Facebook Live. Thank you for joining us for this uh, special uh, episode of The Kindness Project, where I'm talking about my book that's coming out pretty soon. But like um, <laughs> Justin Gaffney definitely says, buy the book. You've got to buy the book. You're not allowed to get a free copy. All right? The, the, the reality is... 100% of the profits of the book is going to St. Francis Hospice. So um, if I give you a free copy, effectively what I'm doing, Charlotte, is robbing a hospice of much-needed funds. <laughs> so, so, uh, what, what, I mean, I mean, I mean, what, 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 um, I've completely lost it now, you need to talk. <laughs> Oh, um, yeah, the book I haven't read yet. Um. <laughs> right, but yeah, you, you we'll, we'll certainly make sure you get a copy, but let's just go. <laughs> uh, I've got it completely off tangent. Um, but what, I said it as a joke and it took us completely oh, oh, off. I, I, you know what? I was telling Mike the other day, I've just, I'm, I've got, because I've got the comments, Russ is sharing the comments with me. He likes the idea of us doing a live recording of the podcast as our 300th final episode so we we might do that actually i'm, I'm, I'm i mean up. when does when does 300 land uh we've still got a little while um but um i think we're we're in a position where um probably six months so we might we might do a uh, live um final episode of Two, the kindness project four, commem commemorate episode 300 so <laughs> We might do that. Um, for, for our new viewers, just so you're um, clear on what the questions of the podcast are, we'd love your um, answers. What's the most insightful book you've ever read? Uh, what's the most entertaining book you've ever read? Uh, what's your favourite, and this is Russell's, not, not mine. What's your favourite book containing a giraffe? Apparently is a question that we ask now. Um, and your one, Charlotte, was what? What's your favourite thing that lives under the sea? Under the sea? Yeah, I have that song in my head on loop all the time, um, and I don't know why. I don't know. Is that your favourite Disney song? No, Poor Unfortunate Souls. Which is in The Little Mermaid, isn't it? Yeah, I don't... I'm not, like... Sorry, no. have you got The Little Mermaid soundtrack running in your head all the time? No, just just under the sea like if i if like my head goes blank it just starts playing the opening of under the sea yeah did and as it did 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 oh i shouldn't sing on the podcast definitely not um so um uh we are coming unfortunately to the end of this episode of the kindness project live um thank you if you're watching for for joining us uh, if if you've um, if you've joined us live, uh, and if you're watching on Catch Up, uh, what we will do when we um, when we um, uh, post this on LinkedIn, Facebook, and Twitter, and all of that sort of good stuff, is we will share a link uh, both to the pre-order page on Amazon to buy the book, um, uh, and. Uh, we'll make sure that um, we'll make sure that you've got a link to the Kindness Project website, which uh, allows you to uh, say that you're interested in the book, so that when it comes out seventeenth of November, we'll give you a little nudge, uh, or Ras will give you a little nudge um, to let you know when it's uh, when it's out. We are already uh, over the post past week already on some top Amazon lists, so we. Sort of crawled into the top twenty category on at least two of our three categories on pre-orders alone. And what I'm really keen to do is make sure that um, because I want to raise as much money for an amazing cause as possible, uh, get us to as close to number one as we can get. Um, so if you can buy the book, um, I'd love you to support. If you've enjoyed any of the stuff we've done on the podcast. Uh, uh, including the live stuff we did during the pandemic i'd really really appreciate if you bought the book um uh as i say this 
genuinely, Charlotte, I've loved doing this podcast with you. And I know we've I know we're gonna carry on after the book's been published. Um I had a little cry actually. Oh no. Just just randomly. No. I had a little cry when I read your forward. Cause thank you. Why are you looking like Sorry. <laughs> I I um I really appreciated your very kind words. So thank you for your contribution and writing the uh, forward of the book, despite not even reading the book. I mean, that is that is a very poor show. Um, uh, but I, 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 the fact that we've done this together, um, and it's something that I believe we can look back on and be super proud of in terms of the contribution we've made and the, um, the uh sort of hopefully made people a little bit happier particularly as you said in your forward particularly during the pandemic when we were all in this weird situation but not only that you know the lives were great but we this now goes out to tens of thousands of people every week and i'm super proud of that as well that's Um, so weird to think about just like it is weird sitting having a chat uh, and it's got some format um and all of a sudden thousands of people are listening and it's like uh, okay cool. it is it's so strange you know it literally it literally it's one of those things where um uh we 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 do this and we do this primarily because it's fun right we do it because it's actually quite a good way to um to uh, look at, you know, spend time together, but also sort of add a bit of social value. But like really, really important um, is is we have a lot of fun with it. Um, but it has developed a yeah. audience and that does feel bizarre because it's like I'm sitting at a lounge table at the minute yeah, with a like massive it's, cow it's behind started, me. It started me and you and a, a mic in the garage. Mike? Mike wasn't there. <laughs> no, the microphone. Mike, have you been have you been breaking into my house and not telling me <laughs> for five years? Damn. <laughs> is, is Mike down my garage now? <laughs> Mike, are you down there? <laughs> no, but like you know, it was me, you, that silver mic. Um, I still have like silver Mike. Is that his new nickname? <laughs> Why is he not gold, Mike? <laughs> Why is he not bronze, Mike? Because <laughs> he deserves better than that. <laughs> Look at that, Mike. You're better than bronze. You're gold. Uh, no, you're not. Charlotte, you're silver. Um, no, you know what I'm talking about. The, um, I would say good old reliable, but it did fail on us. Good old reliable. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, you were, you were going to say good old reliable, Mike, but as it failed on us, what are you going to call it? Too much, Mike. It's too early for this. Too early, Mike. <laughs> I mean, it is too early if you're still hiding in my garage. Go on, what? <laughs> go on, what? Right, go on. If um, if the mic kept on going wrong, what are you going to call it? Um, at least it's still fun. <laughs> Working occasionally, Mike. Is that what we're saying? Is that... um, it's far too early in the morning for this. <laughs> no, it's lunchtime. It's lunchtime. I, I haven't had coffee yet. Fair enough. Fair I need enough. to go and buy some. I mean, I, I really hope Mike's not offended by what you've said about <laughs> it. That, that's that's all, all I can say. No, okay. I, I found the, the picture we took <laughs> the first day we, record, we were recording. Yes. Um... <laughs> And like it's on my Instagram if you scroll back far enough. Um, yeah. And like. I, yeah, we need we need to we need to take an updated picture, don't we? That's what we need to do. Yeah. When we when when we when we're both up in Scotland together for Christmas, we'll make sure we do. Uh, well, I'm coming down after. I'm coming down after Christmas. Yeah. So um, do, and then I'll we, make my way back up. We we could we could do some we can do some recordings 
then. Um, a couple of things that I just want to mention from our live audience. We were due to only do 45 minutes, but I want to uh, I want to make sure that um, I want to make sure that we are in a position where uh, we uh, sort of read everything um, everything we do. So number number one, number one is uh, Charlie Goodman's most entertaining book. Thanks for your comment, Charlie. Uh, it's a hard one, but he loves Terry Pratchett. Uh, I, I agree. Terry Pratchett uh, is an amazing writer. Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Uh, I'm not a Terry Pratchett book, I know, but Douglas Adams is, is probably one of my most entertaining books. What's the book that you've found the most entertaining ever, Charlotte? Oh, mm, entertaining as in, um, uh, see, do you mean like entertaining as in it provided me sort of like the most wonder and joy? Entertaining or... as it entertained you. Okay, cool, but that's layered, my uh, guy. It like, it's a complex question. Are, are we it? talking about like I'm laughing or are we talking about, wow, I feel like I'm in a magical mystery world of joy? Like... I wouldn't say I was laughing at Agatha Christie books, but they do provide me the most. Like, no, you're right. You're right. Like, and then there were none. I was like sitting there and smiling and going, "Oh my god, this is." I, I remember. <sighs> I mean, I can't remember how old you were when you watched, uh, when you uh, read that. Twelve, thirteen. But I remember you. I remember you saying to me, "Dad, I can't believe this is it." And I said, "You cannot tell me." <laughs> Because you're so excited about reading the book, I want to read it now. Yeah. Um, and I did. And I, I before I read, and then there were none. I assumed Agatha Christie was a little bit um, old-fashioned, if I'm honest, um, and I wasn't going to enjoy it. But I absolutely loved. Uh, and then, and then there were none. So. Yeah. Well, I read, and then there were none because I read a dumb witness, which absolutely, it's not one of the ones you hear about from Agatha Christie often like i've never heard anyone else talk about it but it is the, the one that got me into agatha christie um and it's just so brilliant and like how the yeah it's just yeah and i will always recommend agatha christie to anyone. Um, so so charlie Good goodman is recommending terry pratchett mike's come on facebook and said i need to plug the book again your wish is my command, Mike. There you go. The Kindness Project by Chris Dames, out on the 17th of November, available to pre-order on Amazon now, um, on uh, uh, on Kindle. The paper version is out on the 17th of November, um, and you can find out and you can get reminded by visiting www.kindnessproject.co.uk, uh, clicking book at the top, put your email address in and we'll send you an email on the day it comes out. So that's plugged on. And Justin Gaffney, thank you for your kind words, Justin. We love your father-daughter bond and the chats are hilarious. Sharing kindness and interesting guests that do amazing things is great. Um, and then Mike's just said, uh, apparently, you've, you've insulted him, Charlotte. He's not happy with you. He said, that's why Cassie needs a night out. I don't know what was the context of that, that message? I don't know. <laughs> the problem is I'm not reading it live. Russell is sending it to me via WhatsApp. Um, and on that note, that's another episode of The Kindness Project. I've been Chris. That's been Charlotte. Hi. Have a lovely... What? Hi. <laughs> Hi. <laughs> Have a um, no, sorry, you said I was the last of a joke. Have a lovely Saturday. <laughs> no, 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 you no, 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 no. What? You said I was allowed to do a joke. Morning. <laughs> what do you call a factory that sells good products? <sighs> what do you call a factory that sells good products? A satisfactory. <laughs> I'm done now. You can. You can. What was. What. A satisfactory. Is that. A good product. Is that how we're. Is that how we're ending our first live in two years? I've got more. I've got more. No, 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 no more. On that note. Thank you for joining the Kindness Project. Have a lovely Saturday.
uh, if you're listening to this on the podcast, hope you have a lovely week and we'll see you soon on the Kindness Project. Bye. Bye.